Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm back and today I'm going to be talking about my five top tips for getting lean the healthy way. So getting lean, losing body fat, whatever you want to call it really. What I wanted to talk about first, folks, was the fact that, excuse me, by the way, I do have a little bit of a cold from the stag do in Malta. It was messy, partying hard, and uh, I've still got a cold almost a week later. Can't do it like I used to. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about first was um, what are people doing it the wrong way? And um, obviously, lots of people are doing it the unhealthy way, trying so hard to get lean and lose body fat that they're not thinking of the bigger picture and they're not able to sustain it. You know, six out of seven people will lose a significant amount of weight in their life and put it all back on. So six out of seven people, so let's just say 90% roughly people, um, that's the percentage by the way, around about 90% of people will lose a significant amount of weight in their lifetime and gain it all back. So, that indicates they're doing something wrong. They're not doing it in the right manner. And when I say the healthy way, I kind of mean not doing it the smart way, really, uh, and and being patient because, yes, it takes discipline. Yes, it takes consistency to to get lean and to maintain that lean physique. However, it also takes patience. And a lot of people want to, you know, if you listen to this, you can probably relate to this. Um, I've been there myself where, you know, you're kind of out of shape and you want to get yourself in shape fast. As humans, you know, we don't want to mess around. We want to do whatever it takes to do it fast and, and shift it. And then we want to just maintain it. But it's, unfortunately, it is very simple to get lean and lose body fat. But it's not necessarily easy because you have to make some changes, some lifestyle changes, if you want to maintain, you know, an admirable physique, if you like, for the rest of your life. So... It can be done. You just got to be smart about it. Anyway, so lots of people are doing it. Just to give you an example, a lot of people are trying to get in shape, focusing on the calorie deficit thing, right? Now, be wary of people online who preach about you can eat this food. You know, you'll look at their Instagram page, for example, you'll see them bragging about them doing flexible dieting or whatever you want to call it, where essentially they're preaching about the fact that they can eat pizza and ice cream or whatever and still get in shape. And they still look great, a lot of these people. I'm not going to take that away from them. Unfortunately, though, a lot of these people are giving off the wrong message, right? You need to eat whole foods and eat healthy foods in order to get your body in a healthy state and for you to sustain it for a lifetime. When you're eating the kind of foods they are promoting on a regular basis, pizzas, ice cream, burgers, Pop-Tarts, wherever that is, I know a lot of you are dribbling right now because so am I. However, um, you can't sustain it that way. Why? Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people will sustain it for a long time, but are they necessarily healthy? Is their gut in a healthy state when they're eating like that? Um, their microbiome, you know? We, we all know how complex the gut is, okay? If you're feeding the gut, if you're not feeding the gut enough nutrients such as fiber, which come from plant, uh, most of that comes from plant-based foods, fruit and vegetables, 
you're not necessarily going to have a healthy gut. Also, the mind and the psychology behind this, right? So let me just go back to the whole calorie deficit thing because I firstly wanted to state, yes, right? To all of the zealots out there, if there's any of you listening to this and you're thinking, oh, well, it is about, well, yes, it is about being in the calorie deficit, right? The only way you're actually going to lose body fat and get leaner is by putting your body into a state of a negative energy balance, right? Where you're actually burning more calories than what you are eating for the most part. That is how you're going to lose body fat. You, Yes, you have to be in a calorie deficit. However, the same goes for if you're putting weight on, obviously, you're in a calorie surplus. You know, if, you, if people are slowly gaining body fat, I think the average person in America anyway gains, this is America, by the way, but a lot of countries are not far behind now. And the average person gains about five pounds a year, which they can't shift. That's because they're in a calorie surplus. They're eating more calories than what they're burning. They're in a positive energy balance, right? So that being said, right, this doesn't mean because of the psychology behind food, right? A lot of people, a lot of us eat. I do the same, right? You just, it takes such a high level of awareness, even the level I'm at now, right? I still eat unnecessarily sometimes. I, I'm not the type of person to eat when I'm anxious or whatever. Um, I have other methods, coping methods to deal with that, such as breathing techniques, you know, meditation, uh, you know, the great outdoors, all that kind of stuff. However, a lot of people do eat when they're anxious. They eat when they're bored. That's one for me as well, like on the weekends, Boredom. I'll eat out of boredom. Like, it'll get to a Sunday. Uh, don't get me wrong, I need a lot of calories anyway, right? Fortunately, as I've said before, I've built a lot of muscle mass, which means my body requires a lot of calories. Just to, just to keep that muscle on my body, my body requires a lot of calories, which is why lifting weights is so important. I'll come to that soon. However, when it gets to, like, a weekend, for example, I'll sometimes just, you know, I'm, I'm bored. So I'll, I'll eat more than I need to out of boredom sometimes, you know? So basically, being aware of these things... You know, eating foods which are highly palatable and which taste good. Um, don't get me wrong, the social aspect of things as well, going out and having food and all that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of the times we get carried away. But what I'm trying to get at is there's a lot more to food nutrition and the psychology and the behaviors behind people eating food, right? If you're eating the foods, going back to the people who promote flexible dieting or if it fits your macros, it's called. People who promote, look, you can be in this amazing shape. You can be lean. You can look like me, have a great physique and still eat these foods, okay? The only thing that annoys me is they don't promote the good foods for a lot, a lot of them. Some of them do, but you don't see on their page the good foods they're eating, the healthy meal. Their page just seems to be flooded with all the rubbish foods. And it's like, Telling someone who's really struggling to lose weight and to get lean and to sustain that, because I said, the odds are stacked against you when it comes to losing body fat and keeping it off. Anyone can lose body fat over a short period of time, but keeping it off for a lifetime and, and, and creating healthy habits and all these kind of things take a bit more time. So if you are eating foods which are highly palatable, right, and which are engineered to make you eat the fuck out of them, right? As I've mentioned before, foods like chocolate, biscuits, cakes, but all the crap food, right? And even other foods, which are quite subtle, like some protein bars, for example, as we mentioned before, they've got like more 
chemicals in them than a Mars bar, some of them, right? And they get you hooked as well because they put, just because they've got, they haven't got much sugar in them and they've got protein in them, that does not make them healthy. A lot of them have artificial sweeteners in, which are, you know, 500 times sweeter than sugar, not to mention all the other chemicals they add to make it taste good. They might not have calories in, but they still find ways to get you hooked. That being said, if you're eating foods which taste really good and and you think you can just, oh, but I'm in a calorie deficit. I've had today, I've had a pizza, I've had two Pop-Tarts, I had a chicken breast and something else, but I was in a calorie deficit. So, you know, my maintenance calories are two and a half thousand calories. I only ate 2,200, so I'm still going to get leaner. That's the kind of stuff people are promoting. And yes, while some of those people can sustain it, very few people can, most people can't. So that's what I was going to say is firstly, people are trying to do it in a way where they're just focusing too much on calories and they're not focusing anywhere near enough on eating the right foods and building and creating a healthy relationship with food. Another thing people do is most people, they go balls to wall. They want to get in shape for something. They let themselves go bang, high intensity training. So whether that's CrossFit or whatever that is, um, or any kind of, like boot camps or, you know, anything. I'm not going to go through them all, but when it comes to training really hard and doing circuit training and go, 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 go. Yeah, I'm going to get myself lean now. That doesn't last, okay? It doesn't last. If you enjoy, as I've mentioned before, if you enjoy doing that, great, crack on and do it. But if your goal is to get leaner, lose body fat and keep it off, there are some other fundamental things you really need to focus on okay, to make this sustainable for a lifetime. Because we all want to look good, but obviously this podcast is it's called Optimize Your Body, right? It is relating to your body, but we're all about health here. We're all about making health and wellness a priority, fueling your body with the right nutrients. Not all the time. I had a burger last night, right? Not all the time. I'm, I'm good 80% of the time, right? Just for the most part, okay? And when you get to a point where I'm at now, and Andrew as well, is that Andrew Bond? You all know him. Um, at a point where you're eating intuitively and you're eating based on what your body needs. Like for the, we know vegetables make us feel good. So we naturally veer towards eating vegetables and some fruits and good quality sources of meat, you know, grass-fed red meat. Um, you know, even even with chicken, for example, we we tend to eat. And I always promote to a lot of people now to 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 go for like chicken thighs rather than eating chicken breast because there's more fats, omega three fats, and saturated fats as well. But not necessarily the bad types, the ones that keep you fuller for longer. So you actually get more nutrients out of you know, and you know, fish. Eating it's it's tough nowadays to get good quality fish, but having wild fish rather than getting just any old salmon. Because unless, unless it's got the word wild on it, for the most part, it's farmed fish. So trying to avoid that. That being said, the way it's going now with the oceans being so polluted and all the plastics and whatnot, it won't be, it's only a matter of time, I think, where wild fish um, is going to be worse than farmed because of all the crap in the ocean. But for now, obviously go for wild fish. And, and the, the types of fish you really want to try and eat are like salmon mackerel, sardines, the ones with lots of omega-3 fatty acids amongst other nutrients, um, which are going to give you, um, you know, we're going to help your brain function better, fuel your body with lots of nutrients and also keep you fuller for longer, you know, so they're going to satiate you because it's a good combination of protein and fats. Also eggs. So all these kind of things, right, is, is what we know our body needs. So 
eating intuitively is where you want to be eventually. So the wrong way to do it, going balls to wall, high intensity training, cutting back on calories, we've mentioned before, that doesn't last, okay? The body can only take that for a certain amount of time. We're talking a matter of weeks before the metabolism adapts and slows down and, and, and if it becomes harder and harder then because you haven't built muscle or metabolism, which means your maintenance calories are still going to be quite low. So you still can't eat a great deal of calories without putting body fat on if you're going to just be burning calories by doing high-intensity training and not focusing on building up that metabolism by building muscle and fueling your body with a decent amount of calories and, and nutrients, essentially, right? So without going too much into that, yes, calories are very important. They're actually, it's paramount. If you want to lose body fat, that is the only way you're going to do it, by being in a calorie deficit. But what I'm going to come to now is my five top tips, right? I'm going to brush over these pretty quick, but I'll give you as much detail as I can on each one. So five top tips for getting lean the healthy way. First tip, eat more vegetables. I just mentioned that now, right? So all of this is going to relate to you being in a calorie deficit because when you eat more vegetables, guess what? They fill you up. They give you sustained energy. You're pounding your body with heaps of nutrients. That was a weird word, pounding. I mean, you're pumping your body full of lots of nutrients, okay? There's another kind of movement of people now talking about vegetables are poisonous. Listen, right? Don't buy into that, okay? Because for, mo for most people, try not to eat raw vegetables, okay? That's another movement as well. Those vegans or whatever it is saying, eat, eat raw. No, don't eat raw because plants do have poison in them, okay? So when you cook them, steam them or whatever it is, even chuck them in the oven, but don't put them on a, on a high heat. They taste better in the oven, but don't put them on a high heat because you're going to kill off a lot of nutrients and don't put them in the microwave. <coughs> Sorry, going off on one a bit there, but you're going you're gonna to fuel your body with lots of nutrients for a start, which are very important for health and longevity anyway, right? The chemical compounds that you find within plants, okay, um, a second to none really in terms of um, fighting off chronic illnesses, you know, uh, preventing inflammation. Like I said about gut health, you know, immune system. Fiber is very, it's been proven time and time again that um, an adequate amount of fiber, which primarily comes from fruits and vegetables, as I mentioned, is essential for gut health. Now, we are more bacteria than we are human. So we have like, I think it's about 100 trillion cells. Don't quote me on that. For example, if you were to, if you were to weigh your gut, if you were to take all the bugs, sounds a bit gross, out of your gut, and weigh it, they would weigh about two, three kilos. The, your intestines alone would cover about, around about a tennis court, roughly, okay? So it goes to show how complex the gut is, okay? What you eat, you don't, it's not what you are is what you eat. What you eat literally becomes a part of your body, right? So putting those vegetables in, right, on a regular basis is going to keep you fuller for longer, right? Which is going to mean generally you're going to eat less calories, okay? If you if you try and have vegetables with every meal, just keep it simple. The types of vegetables, sorry, I have to keep stopping this because at my mother's house at the moment, back in the UK, right next to a train track and trains keep going past. Anyway, because they're going to keep you fuller for longer, vegetables, right? They're going to, they're going to satiate you. They're going to give you sustained energy. Fibers slow releasing, okay? So... Um, and you just feel great. That's why vegetables uh, are my go-to, okay? And when I say vegetables, right, you want to try and get a decent balance of like cruciferous, 
vegetables, okay, like cauliflower, broccoli, kale, spinach, cabbage, those kind of things. And then you want to get a good little balance of the root vegetables then. Carrots, parsnips, beetroots, garlic, onions, all those kind of things, right? The wider, I think I'm right there on the root vegetables, don't quote me, but the wider range of plant-based foods you can, you can eat, the better for most people, right? Don't listen to the crowd, the carnivore crowd, the ones who eat just meat saying that vegetables are bad. No, for the most part, they're going to be incredible. And the people who live the longest on this planet and live the healthier lives generally eat a diet which consists of primarily plants. In fact, 80, 90% of, of plant-based foods is what the people, like the Blue Zones, for example. Uh, the Blue Zones are places where they have a crazy amount of people who live over to, to um, live over 100 years old, essentially. And there's a few of these zones. There's like Costa Rica. There's um, Osaka, which is a Japanese island. There's a place in California, I believe. And there's two other places I can't think of off the top of the head. Where And, and these people eat just heaps of vegetables, heaps of vegetables, you know? So obviously there's other factors which come into that. But the studies are showing time and time again, people who eat a wider range of vegetables live longer, healthier lives. And it's going to help you lose body fat, right? Number two. Eat adequate protein, okay? We've mentioned this before. Again, relating to what I'm talking about, getting leaner and losing body fat, the main thing is with protein, once again, blunt your appetite, right? More so than any other macronutrient, more so than fat and carbohydrates, much more so. Protein uses up a lot of energy to digest as well, okay? So your body has to work hard and burn calories to metabolize and digest protein, but it's gonna blunt your appetite. So the sweet spot for the amount of protein you need, okay, around about 1.6, ki- uh, okay, I'm going to do kilos and pounds, okay? So in kilos, sorry, if you do kilos, right, if you're, if you're listening from UK or Australia or wherever, then you need about 1.6 um, grams per kilo of body weight, right? That's the kind of minimum amount you want. So for me, like I'm 92 kilos, okay? Um, that works out around about 147 grams of protein for me, minimum. Uh, and that is generally for overall health. Um, to build muscle, um, like leading up to my show, I'll be going up to more than that. So I'll be going up to about 2.2 um, grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So that'll be more like over 200 grams of protein. So... What, so let's just say, for example, um, you're a woman who weighs 60 kilos, right? So let's put this in the calculator now. 60 times 1.6, that is 96 grams of protein. And that's kind of the minimum you want. Um, and if you go up to around about 2.2 grams um, per pound of body weight. So if you're a 60 kilo woman, okay, 1.6 kilos per pound of body weight, sorry, 1.6 grams of protein per pound of body weight, minimum of 96 grams of protein, okay? And the top end would be around about 132 grams of protein, right? So basically, it depends on what your goals are, but that's kind of like the minimum, okay? Uh, In pounds, if you're American, right, in pounds, I would say to hit a a minimum of like 0.7, just say about 0.7 grams of protein, per pound of body weight, a minimum, and up to about a gram of protein per pound of body weight, okay? 
So don't want to complicate matters too much there. I'll t- I'll, I'm going to come to another point soon, which I'll uh, elaborate a bit more on that. But eating adequate protein also for like hair, nails, muscle mass, organ mass, you know, um, amino acids found within mainly animal products, the, the ones I mentioned before. As I didn't mention uh, animal offal, actually. A lot of you are going to probably like kind of like gag when I talk about this, but uh, like lamb livers, chicken livers, like the um, organs of animals are where most of the nutrients are. So if you can have them once or twice a week, ideal, because you get a big hit of other nutrients as well. But yeah, eating adequate protein for losing body fat is essential. Leading up to my show now, I've got, I'm doing a, a competition in October. I'll be going up higher on the protein. Why is that? I'll be in a calorie deficit. The protein is going to keep me fuller for longer and make, make it a lot easier, my prep. Also, for me to retain my muscle mass, I'm going to be playing it safe and hitting the top end amount of protein. So I'll be hitting, you know, um, around about, I'll, I'll go to kilos again. I'll be hitting over 200 grams of protein, which is like more towards like the 2.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Don't want to complicate too much on that, but I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be having the top end. But if you're listening to this, you can just, as long as you hit that bare minimum of 1.6 grams of protein per pound of body body weight, right, then you're going to, you're going to most likely get the minimum amount of protein in. So eating adequate protein, as I said, animal sources of protein are better. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, obviously vegetarians, you can still have some dairy. So, you know, I'd recommend getting the eggs in. If you're a vegan, you want like a, a kind of like um, a mixture of, you want to get legumes in. Legumes are a good source of protein. If you can get yourself a good vegan uh, protein supplement, I would recommend that if you, if you, cause it's very hard to get the right types in. Um, so personally for the best vegan one f- protein for me is, um, is Organifi, which is, uh, it's an American one. It's not cheap. Um, but yeah, Organifi do for me cause vegan proteins are hit and miss in terms of how they taste. Uh, but th- their ones taste incredible and they're, um, really clean, all natural ingredients, but there's a good few out there now. Right. Um, like I said, with the legumes, I'm talking about like beans, chickpeas, um, you know, all those kind of things, kidney beans, uh, getting a good balance of them. Also, uh, whole grain foods as well. You know, if you're eating like uh, good quality organic oats, you know, those kind of, those kind of foods. And um, what other sources of protein would there be? If you can get yourself some organic, if you can get organic like tofu, you know, you got to make sure it's organic because um, a lot of soybean-based products, soy-based products are genetically modified nowadays. So anyone listening to this, if you have any soya products, um, I would recommend getting organic because uh, otherwise they're just not ideal. So yeah, adequate protein is vital, okay? Eat, number three, sorry, eat more healthy fats, okay? I I am kind of um, reiterating a lot of the stuff we've talked about in the past. Obviously, we do need to keep going over similar things because it takes a while to sink in for people, right? So, um, but this is something we always talk about is eating more healthy fats. Now, my go-to healthy fats are olive oil, if you can get yourself good quality extra virgin olive oil and have a look online because a lot of olive oils out there are bogus and they don't actually contain what they say they contain. A lot of them are actually being proven to be vegetable oils, which are not good for you. Avoid vegetable oils anyway on that note. You know, soybean, canola, all those oils, avoid them and stick to olive oil. Okay, so that is, I'm just going to go through my go-to healthy fats. Extra virgin olive oil, 
avocado. I eat avocados most days. Now, an avocado, as I mentioned before, is 80% fat pretty much. Heaps of monounsaturated and some polyunsaturated fats in there. Really, really, really good for you. Heaps of potassium, double the amount a banana has actually, and lots of uh, fiber and, and a wide range of nutrients. So avocado is a great, great source of uh, healthy fats. Nuts, um, the, the best nuts I would say health-wise, uh, walnuts, macadamias, almonds, Brazil nuts, they're the ones I tend to rotate. However, um, all different types of nuts have their benefits. Obviously, if you're a nuts are up high on the on the intolerant list, right? So just be mindful of uh, how they make you feel. Uh, if you get any kind of bad reactions, bloating or anything, just be aware of that. But yeah, nuts, coconut oil to cook your food in. That's a great source of uh, saturated fats uh, and medium chain fatty acids, which is a, it's a very specific type of fat you find in coconut oil. So try and include that as well. Ghee oil is another good one, provided you're not intolerant to dairy. Ghee oil is great. Um, it's, it's similar to butter, but I think it's matured for longer. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, ghee oil, you can cook with that as well because it doesn't oxidize, doesn't turn into a bad fat like olive oil can do if you cook it on too high a heat. Olive oil you can cook with, but not too high a heat. Um, so yeah, ghee oil is a great one because it's got um, it's also got um, myristic acid or m- m- I can't pronounce it myristic acid. I think it is in it, which is a really really good type of fat uh, and and gut friendly properties in there as well. Also butter. If you can get yourself some good quality grass fed um, butter, try not to get just any old butter. Um, definitely don't get any old butter actually because most butters do have canola oil or um, other types of oils, vegetable oils, um, and sometimes other additives and preservatives as well. So don't don't get any old butter. Spend a little tiny bit more and get yourself some proper butter if you can get grass-fed butter. They don't always say on the label grass-fed. There's one I get out in um, Australia. The brand is Pepe Seya. Pepe, P-E-P-E, and Seya is S-E-Y-E, I think. Uh, that's the butter I use. Um, it's grass-fed, a good quality. Another source is seeds. Right, so any any types of seeds, I my go to are like chia seeds and flax seeds, um, but all types of seeds have their have their benefits. Lin seeds, uh, pumpkin seeds, all those kind of things contain healthy fats, fiber, and uh, uh, an array of other nutrients as well. So they're my go to healthy fats: olive oil, avocado, nuts, coconut oil, ghee oil, butter, and seeds. But don't forget, fats found in animal products such as red meat. There's certain types of fats saturated. And also um, omega-3 healthy fats as well, monounsaturated fats you find in red, good quality, again, grass-fed meat, um, which are also really important for um, absorbing vitamins. So don't forget, you need to have adequate fat in your diet because fats are essential for vitamins such as vitamin A, D, E, and K, which are found in you know fruits and vegetables primarily, but also other um, some animal products. But you need fats to actually break those down and absorb them, which is uh, an argument I kind of have with vegans and stuff. So yeah, fats, don't forget to include like the meats as well. So obviously the fish, as I mentioned earlier, meats, and also the fats found in eggs, saturated fats found in eggs. So animal products do contain some good fats as well as um, saturated fat, which um, is actually good for you if you have the right amount, right? So um, yeah, eat more healthy fats also, they're going to satiate, satiate you and, uh, and give you more sustained energy. Number four, tracking calories, okay? Not in any particular order, these. I would say they are, though, actually. I, I mean, if I, I did put them in priority, um, these points, uh, 
So I put number one, eat more vegetables, because that is something that was a game changer for me, just simply eating more vegetables, eat inadequate protein. So yeah, these are kind of in order, but like they're all very important. Eat more healthy fat. Four, tracking calories, right? Sorry, I tend to go here, there, and everywhere when I'm doing these uh, solo podcasts. But yeah, as I've mentioned time and time again, tracking calories, great tool, great tool. Now, people can get carried away with this stuff. Um, going back to the uh, the kind of tribes who preach about you can eat what you want. As long as you're in a calorie deficit, you're still going to, yeah, okay, you're still going to lose body fat, but come and speak to me in a few years' time, right? Because most of these people don't sustain it. Uh, and as I say, the people promoting it, like people, some of them have been lifting weights for years and they're at a high level. And yes, it's easier for them to ma- maintain it. They can still continue with their eating disorder and eat crap food all the time um, and still look good. But, you know, there's, there's actually a word for it now, uh, which is called, um, what do they call it? They call it metabolically obese. So they may not look obese, but the metabolism and in the inside of the body, um, bad stuff's happening if you're eating crap food all the time. Trust me. Anyway, um, tracking calories, right? Now, this is a tool I try to get everyone to use um, straight off the bat, ideally. Now, I would say for like, especially for people I coach online, okay? Now, people I see as a personal trainer, I don't think it's quite as important, although I do promote them to start tracking their calories, um, by using the app, I always talk about um, My Fitness Pal. The app is called right. Great app for uh, for tracking calories and macronutrients. I'll promote that to them, and I'll say, "Look, okay, your goal is to get leaner and lose body fat. I'd like you to start tracking your intake, so we can work out roughly what your maintenance calories are. So then we know what kind of calories we're going to need to put you on for you to be in a calorie deficit and lose weight." Okay. It's really straightforward, but I think that one of the main benefits, if you use it properly uh, when it comes to tracking, is awareness. Awareness is the first step. It's always the first step. And um, you'll be blown away because, as I've mentioned before, people, a lot of people think they eat healthy until they start tracking. Then they realize, wow, I'm having you know, 75 to 100 grams of sugar a day, and that sugar is coming from foods which I thought were healthy, but are actually not, you know, like um, using protein bars as an example uh, and using, you know, people eat like cereal bars and stuff like that because they're promoted and marketed in a healthy way, but they're really not. Um, They've got refined sugars in and when you actually scan it into the app, which you can do by the way on the app, you can actually scan the barcode in there and it's like, wow, that had bloody 20 grams of sugar in there because people don't always read the labels. Obviously, I do read the labels because I'm uh, I'm anal like that. I'm a bit obviously... um, weird like that <laughs> no but i think it's important to read the label i really do um but if, if you don't this picks up on it for you so you know at the end of the day you'll think you've had a healthy day of eating you've had one of those bars you maybe had a little bit too much fruit sometimes now i'm not going to say fruit is bad it's really good um it's not fruit which is an issue so i'm not going to say that actually because i don't come across many people who i don't think eating fruit is their problem <laughs> eating too much fruit is their problem ever actually so you, you'll have a few drinks on the weekend you'll put it into the app and you're like wow I've, i'm averaging 100 grams of sugar a day um and and i'm not having a great deal of fiber because i'm not having um hardly any vegetables and it just makes you much more aware and you're like wow protein as well most people grossly um under eat protein um, and it's just easy wins for me when I get people tracking as well because, like, okay, you're having half the amount of protein you need. Let's bump that up. Let's try and get that up uh, a little bit. So um, 
boom, as soon as they start getting the protein up, they stop feeling as, as hungry and um, they start including healthier foods into their diets, you know, good quality animal products um, and making a habit of that. And it changes the game really. And then, um, you know, like I said, most people are overeating sugar. So um, it makes you aware of that as well. So then they'll, okay, I'll cut back on that. I'll take that bar out today and then I'll, I'll replace that with some more vegetables. So I'm having more fiber. And all of these small incremental changes lead to massive, massive results down the line. Actually, not even down the line. Like it happens pretty fast when you're consistent with these small things. So tracking your calories, right, to lose body fat, right, I would say very important very important. Now, a lot of you listening to this, some people, it frustrates me a bit because people can't take five minutes out of their day to track, not even five minutes. I'm sorry, but like, if you are going to make excuses for not tracking, right? Oh, well, I don't like doing it because this, that, oh, it's, this, it's excuses. It takes you five minutes, right? So, sounds a bit harsh, but I haven't got any time for people, especially people I want to coach online. If they, if they don't, if they're not consistent with the tracking and they've got no interest in tracking, I'm sorry, I can't help you because I have no idea what you're having, what, what, what you're consuming, what's going into your body, because we're very good at lying to ourselves. Um, you know, you can, you, you can slip a few snacks in here and there, even me, you know, leading up to my show, I'm going to be tracking meticulously because even though the level I'm at now, I could, I can guess the calories I've had at the end of the day and the macronutrients, and even the fiber. And you know what? I can be pretty damn close with my estimations, but I'm not going to be spot on. And over the space of a month, if I'm doing that leading up to a show, I'm not tracking. Over the space of a month, right? I could be thousands and thousands of calories out, which is going to be, you know, pretty, pretty, um, what's the word? Significant in terms of the, uh, the, the difference in results I'm going to get. So it's a no-brainer. My fitness pal, right? Download the app create some awareness, okay? Uh, and that's the first step. And if you want to work out what your maintenance calories are, rather than giving you calculations to use and complicated matters, literally download the app now, weigh yourself in the morning after peeing, track every single day, everything that goes into your mouth, track everything. Not everything that goes into your mouth, but <laughs> nah, that was terrible. Um, track everything that goes into your mouth, right? Um, for two weeks, and then weigh yourself again after the two weeks, see if your weight's changed. A lot of the time, weight doesn't change within that time, right, that much. If it's a pound or two either way, right, and water and fluid can, can, um, can kind of manipulate that. But generally, that is gonna be a maintenance calorie. So let's just, so you need to look at the calories you've averaged. Sorry, what I would say as well is to, the next point I'm coming to is to track your steps as well. I always say this, um, again, I'm alluding to points I've already mentioned time and time again, but getting a wrist, wrist device, a wrist piece like a Fitbit or something um, to track your steps. They're only quite cheap nowadays to track your movement. So if you want to work out what your maintenance calories are, weigh yourself in the morning after peeing, track your steps. You can use the, you can use a phone. If you keep your phone on, you can also track your steps that way, but I'd recommend getting a wrist, wrist device. So track your steps, track your calories every day as well. Um, you can check your weekly average on these things. So when you get to the end of the two weeks, have a look at what you've averaged for that week. Have a look at the calories. You can look on my fitness pal. You can change the view from day view to week view. It's easy. And you can see what you've averaged for the week. You can do the same with the, uh, if you've got the app, if you get a Fitbit, um, wrist device for tracking steps. You can do that on the app as well. You can uh, see what you've averaged for the week steps, steps wise. And then at the end of the week, uh, the end of the two weeks, 
you'll weigh yourself. If you're around about the same weight, congratulations, you've worked out roughly what your maintenance calories are. Let's just say you've averaged 2,000 calories and your weight hasn't changed much. Then give or take your, your, your maintenance calories are there at about 2,000. So what you could do then, your goal is to get leaner, then you'd have to come down. Let's just say your maintenance calories are around about 2,000. Come down to about maybe 1,700 to play a safe uh, for a few weeks and um, do that for like maybe three weeks and then see how you feel. Like, you know, you, you'll, you'll, um, you'll most likely lose body fat then. Um, it is pretty simple, but obviously online coaching I do, which um, is, um, I'd recommend, obviously I'm not, I'm not just trying to sell you stuff. Do it yourself. You can do it yourself and uh, a lot of people do get results, but if, you, if you're struggling to get results and you want help online, happy to help you. I've got a few slots available. So um, if you do want me to coach you online, obviously I include the training as well. So I do the full package where I help you with the nutrition and the training. So um, I'm happy to help you with that. But anyway, yeah, point four, tracking calorie intake. Get the app MyFitnessPal, make a start. Number five, I just skimmed over this then anyway, track your movement. Get yourself a Fitbit or keep your phone on you. You can use the health app now as well. There's a health app built into iPhones. It's the little heart app. Let me just try and find it now somewhere. It's like a, a heart. I'm just trying to find it on my, on my phone now. Yeah, anyway, it's like, um, it's like a, a heart app which should be built into your phone. Sorry, health. I've got it now. It's the health app. It's just got like a heart on it. Uh, and that tracks your steps anyway. So if you keep your phone on, you have to keep it on you all the time, though, see? So in order for it to be really accurate, I would recommend just getting a wrist piece. They're only cheap anyway. Um, so track your movement because by this is just going aside from everything else now. This is a point within itself, right? Tracking your movement's a game changer because, especially if you're sedentary and you have an office job, you know, the average person does around about... Um, under, not even four, I think it's 4,000 steps a day. I think the average person does 4,000 steps a day, which is, let's just say, for argument's sake, that's about half hour of movement. I might have got that wrong. It's going to vary from person to person. Let's just say you're moving for about, you're walking all in all for about half hour. If you were to double that and just add on an extra 20 minute walk or, you know, uh, build, uh, bring in habits like instead of taking the lift at work, getting the stairs, you know, instead of um, parking right next to somewhere you go in, park 10 minutes away and walk all these little tiny um, ways you can build your steps up, right? So I would say for the average person to, to average at least 8,000 steps, um, but it just makes you much more aware. And like on days where you're kind of on the weekend where you like, you chill out and you don't do much and you realize, oh, wow, I did like under 1,000 steps a day. I, did, I barely left the couch. On those days, it makes you think, oh, do you know what? I'll go out and do a walk for half hour. Uh, and, and the compound effect of it is, is it's groundbreaking when you, uh, when you increase your movement because... Let's just say you go from doing 4,000 steps in a day to 8,000, double the steps. Again, for argument's sake, I'm going to throw random uh, arbitrary numbers out there. You burn an extra 250 calories, okay, a day, right, from doing that amount of steps. At the end of the week, oh, here's where the math comes in now. That's um, 1,750 uh, calories extra you're burning over the, space, over the space of a week, right? That's, that's bloody astronomical. At the end of the month, seven, 8,000 calories extra you're burning, right? You're going to lose body fat without even changing anything with your food. You know what I mean? So it's always going back to basics, right? Um, focus on the fundamentals. To lose body fat and keep it off, you have to make these changes. You have to make health a priority, okay? To get that body looking good, you need to perform well, okay? In order to perform well in the gym and in life in general, you have to fuel your brain with the right nutrients, you know, what you put in your body will dictate your life in a sense because it changes the way you think and feel, 
what you put into your body. You know what it's like. You go out and drink alcohol. I go into Malta, four nights drinking. Bloody hell. I was te- when I got back, I was depressed for a day or two. Um, it took me half the week to get over it. You know, it, it, what you put into your body changes the way you think and feel. The same goes for if, you, if, you, if you're being healthy for the most part uh, and eating a decent amount of vegetables, getting um, adequate you know, animal proteins in, uh, eating your healthy fats, you know, tracking your calories to, to make you more aware, you know, tracking your movement and, and moving more. People, the people who live the longest in these blue zones as well, I mentioned earlier, they also move a lot. But they don't do anything crazy. They don't do any high-intensity training, which is actually a stress on the body. It can be good short-term, but um, they just walk. They just walk. That's all they do. So um, walking is very, very good for the mind. I find getting outdoors as well. So, um, yeah, just in a nutshell, right, to lose weight and keep it off. Unfortunately, like anything in life, if it was as easy as I'm going to eat what I want and and, and, and it doesn't matter and I'm going to just stay within my calories – if it was as easy as that for you to maintain good health, come on, you don't even need me to tell you this, folks, right? Come on. Like, if you're eating crappy foods, it's not gonna, you're not fueling your body. We didn't evolve back in the day eating pizzas and burgers uh, and ice creams every day, right? It's, it's going to have a detrimental, uh, detrimental effect on your body, and it's been proven. Uh, we're facing an epidemic of obesity and sickness, um, you know, chronic illness. We're the sickest we've ever, ever, ever been in uh, human history, okay? So eating those foods all of the time and not focusing on health is not, it's simply being in the, yeah, good luck being in the calorie deficit for um, longer than a few weeks or months when you're eating crappy foods all the time. It's harder, it becomes a battle. Um, Yeah, so unfortunately, it's not as easy as that. You need to focus on health, okay? So Gone off on a, on a little bit of a tangent there, as I always do, but just to just to brush through this for you now, right? Number one, eat more vegetables, okay? Just try and have an extra serve in a day for now then, right? If you um, if you just have vegetables once a day, how about just have uh, an extra serving with one of the other meals? Just simple, small changes, increase the amount you have. Eat adequate protein. Try and aim for, get your calculator out now, work out roughly what it is. Um, my fitness pal tracks all the protein for you and everything, so what you put in there will calculate for you. Um, for example, um, like I said, if you're a, a, a 60 kilo woman, right? One point, so 60 times 1.6, okay? Because I did say 1.6 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Um, that would be 96 kilos, uh, 96 grams of protein minimum. So for a woman who weighs 60 kilos, 96 grams of protein minimum, that would be basically some chicken thighs, one meal, uh, and a piece of fish with another meal, you know, a decent amount of fish. And then with all the vegetables and everything else, you're going to roughly hit that minimum amount just by having a decent amount of meat. Let's just say spread over three meals, have a fist, fist size of uh, meat or fish or whatever with uh, each one of your meals. And that's going to hit that amount easy anyway. It's not actually that hard. Obviously, the heavier you are, the harder it becomes then because, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a 92 kilo guy. So for me to get my protein in, I sometimes have to have a protein supplement. Yeah, so eat more protein, more healthy fats. Like I said, my go-to, olive oil, avocado, nuts, coconut oil, ghee oil, butter, seeds. They contain a lot of calories, fats do, which is why the next point is important, tracking, because it's going to still be a lot of calories. However, it's good calories. It's going to keep you fuller. It's going to nourish your body. It's not going to make you hungry. You know what I mean? So all of these factors uh, come into account. Um, but yeah, number four, tracking is important. And uh, number five, movement. 
Just just move more. Even if you don't want to track your steps, just try and do an extra 20-minute walk a day. Just try and make a point of moving more on a regular basis and be consistent with that. Like, you know, it's very simple. It really is simple. I never say it's easy. Um, obviously, it requires discipline, consistency, and patience, as I said, as always. Um, but it is simple when you focus on the fundamentals. And with that, folks, if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and give me a rating and review. I would really appreciate that. Uh, Over and out. Have a great day, evening, morning. See you next time.